Well, good morning. Welcome to Shelby Christian. Um, you guys that are joining us online, welcome in this morning. We're glad you guys are, are there uh, worshiping with us as well from, from home. Hey, guys, uh, thanks for being here this morning. Welcome to 2021. Um, I have just a few announcements to make, and then we'll begin our time of worship this morning. Uh, just a, a reminder that tonight our students are kicking off the new year over in the stu at 6 o'clock. So if you have a high school student, college-age student, uh, they will meet over there. Doors open at 6 o'clock. And then Wednesday nights kick back off this Wednesday with everything here on the hill. So uh, just a reminder about that as school gets uh, going here tomorrow as well. If you are interested in a marriage mentoring opportunity, next Sunday at 1130 back in the Pathways room, they're going to meet. There's a sign-up uh, sheet back at the table back there. If you uh, couples would be interested in that, go back there and, and sign up for that. And Kevin will be contacting you about uh, that exciting opportunity. And then the third thing, uh, there's a, a table back there as well, a spot back there for the Fresh Grounded Faith Women's Conference coming up in about two months. So ladies, if you're interested in, in getting tickets for that, uh, they'll have those back there at the back table. And then lastly, uh, this morning, if you will pick up one of these uh, blue sheets, uh, they're at the communion tables. Maybe you've already uh, gotten one. You can get one when you come up for your communion here in a few moments. This is just a, a vote of affirmation for our new leaders in 2021, our elders on one side. And then on the other side, it's our budget uh, that we have to uh, vote for as a congregation. So if you would grab one of those this morning, there's a pen there as well. Uh, take that back to your seat. You can drop that in the white buckets as you leave. Uh, today, and we'll collect those after the service. Hey, thank you guys again for being here. Once you stand up, wave to everyone around you, greet them, and let's worship today. Well, good morning, church. Happy New Year. So, I don't think it's any secret to any of us that 2020 was a bit of a difficult year. You know, as I was thinking about the first song I wanted us to sing together as a congregation for 2021, I was reminded of this song by a friend. Uh, it's called, and this song is called Here Again. It has this really simple chorus. It says, I'm not enough unless you, talking about God, unless you come, will you meet me here again? See, church, we have a God that whenever we ask, whenever we need him, he always shows up. No matter what's happened in the past, no matter what's going to happen in the future, if you are in need, our God always shows up. So today, I want to make this song a prayer over, our, over 2021 for us. So listen to these words and make them your prayer today. Not enough. 
can have a seat every time I sing that song I just picture right you picture yourself 
just running out of that grave. There's so many promises and so much truth uh, in that song. I, I hope when you sing that, you, you feel the power and you sense the power and you just envision the power of, of the truth in that song. You know, Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, that, that the thief will come and will try to steal, will try to kill, and will try to destroy us. And then Jesus says, but I've come to give you life, to give you a full, abundant life. You know, as we are kind of here on the dawn of, of a new year, right? One of the phrases that maybe you've heard people say before is, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And that's a very cynical view of, of the future, right? Because we, like maybe no other year recently, we are kind of here hoping that 2021, for a variety of reasons, will, will be different. That change will, will take place. And I bet you have, have noticed this in your own life. I've noticed it in my life is that, that really change is, is a word that can be used, but, but really transformation is the word. Because a, a new life, life in, in Christ, can only happen when, when our hearts are transformed, when our, when our minds are transformed. A, a new life, newness, in Christ, and that's the hope that we have as Christians. It's a hope that hopefully you were reminded of every morning when your feet hit the floor that, that I've been made new, that today is a new day, this year is a new year, and so there's all that hope that kind of comes forth in the newness of, of a new day or a new week or a new year. And I'm reminded that, that, that if we're if if, if we're not careful, things will continue to be the same if we're not transformed from the inside out. If we don't say, God, here's my heart. Here's my life. You take it. You, you have called me out of that grave. You have given me something that this world, nothing in this world can offer. It only comes from you. And so as we stop this morning and pause during this time to have communion. I'm reminded of Jesus on that cross. And I'm reminded of, of that tomb that he went to. And I'm reminded of, of that day when they went and they saw that he was no longer there. That he came out of that grave to show us, to prove to us that he's defeated death. It, whatever this world may throw at you, whatever 2020 threw at you, whatever 2021 may throw at you, you're new. You're different. You have a hope for something beyond this world if you call yourself a Christian, if you've given your life to him, if you're following Jesus. And so this morning as we take this cup, we take this bread, we're reminded of that new hope of that life that was given for us. There's only one that could have done that. And his name is Jesus. Would you guys pray with me? Lord God in heaven, I thank you for today. I thank you for the time that we have this morning to partake in this communion. We're reminded of your body that was beaten. 
that bled, that was tortured for our sins. And God, we can't do anything to repay that debt. All we can do is accept the gift, the sacrifice. All we can do is allow allow that to change us, to transform us into new people who follow you, who love you, who love your people, who walk humbly with you on this earth until you call us home, until we come running out of that grave. Thank you for loving us, Jesus. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Thank you. 
Come on, come on. Happy New Year. So what are you building your life on? We talked a lot. A lot in the last few weeks, months, about how bad 2020 was. How awful everything that happened in 2020 was. But I want to I want to tell you, God did some cool stuff in 2020. God changed some lives during 2020. Some people came to know him as Savior during 2020. Some people's marriages got back together because they actually had to spend time together in 2020. Amen. Some people got clean in 2020. Some people relapsed in 2020. See, it's ups and downs. God did some cool stuff. He did some really cool stuff. You need to know, man. I just gotta, here's what God did in the middle of a pandemic when people couldn't come and, and we didn't have as many people here. If just, if we get just a few more red envelopes today, today in the Together Initiative, it's going to be the largest one we've ever had in the middle of a pandemic. That's what God does. That, that's what God does. And that's going to allow Jason and his team and mission team to start the year running and really make a difference and make Jesus famous all over the world. Cause that's really why we're here, right? So, so let's get, let's get real. Let's get busy about it. But what are you going to do with 2021? See, we can say, Oh man. Oh, wow. I got to rip the last day off of 2020. Praise God. You know, if you don't do anything different, you're just changing another page in a calendar. So what are you going to do? What are you going to build your life on? Pathways is this thing that we started doing a few years ago that became, has become our, our on-ramp to, to becoming a member of the church, to salvation and an actual church membership. It's, it's an on-ramp to d- discipleship and life groups. It's an on-ramp to uh, getting involved in ministry. And so that's first, second, and third step. So here's the great deal. We just decided that let's start the year off right. Let's build our life on, on the right stuff. So today and next week is first step. So when we do pathways on January 19th, it'll only be for second and third step because everybody in the church will have had the opportunity to do first step here in one giant wave of change, right? And first step has, actually has two parts. The first one, salvation. That's what I'm going to talk about today. And the next week, Jason's going to talk about what it looks like to actually be a member of a local church, not just to say I'm a member of a local church. Because, see, it, it's involved in, like, not what's in it for me, but what can I do for the kingdom to make a difference uh, in the kingdom? Because, like Jason said in his communion thought, it's really all about transformation. And that's really everything that, that Jesus came for is all about transformation. It's not just saying the word change. It's being different. It's being transformed. You know, Paul put it this way. He said, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the daily renewing of your mind. It's not about religion. I'm sick of religion. In fact, the last thing this world needs is any more religion. You know, religion's why we're fighting wars today. Religion's messed us up, guys. Religion's messed the world up. What we all need is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's a totally different thing. That's a totally different thing. And so we're going to start talking about that from the jump this morning, from the get-go. And so here's what I want to say. Some of you guys are going to hear some things today 
for the very first time. Nothing energizes the preacher more than when somebody walks in and pulls you to the side and says, hey, I got my one with me today. I'm ready. Let's go. Or when somebody said, texts me and says, hey, we're watching online and I'm watching with my one. Because that's what it's about. It's about sharing with other people. And let's get busy and let's make a difference and let's change the world. So some of you guys are going to be hearing either in person or online. You're going to hear some stuff today that you maybe have never heard before about what it means to truly be a follower of Jesus. And I'm going to pray that at the end of the service, you make the decision to step across that line. But here's the deal. I know that a lot of you guys have already heard all this. In fact, there's some of you guys in here that could probably get up here right now and talk about what I'm going to talk about as well or better than I can talk about it. You know it that well. And so here's what I want to challenge you with. If, if, we're praying really hard, praying really hard, that if, if everything goes the way I'm praying it does, in about a month from now, these really, really, really well-paid athletes are going to go to Florida and Arizona and learn how to field ground balls again. They're going to learn how to hit the cutoff man again. We call it spring training. It's where million-dollar baseball players go every year to relearn the fundamentals of their trade that's made them famous and wealthy beyond their imagination. And so my challenge to you is that if you know this stuff as well as I know this stuff, and you're sitting there thinking, oh, gee, here we go again. I know this already. Okay, let it be spring training. Let it be spring spring training. Because here, I'm just going to be real with you today, and I hope I don't step on toes. I'm just trying to be real, all right? I don't care how well you know it if you're not sharing it. Because you can have all the knowledge in the world, and if you're not letting your sponge get wrung out into someone else's life, it's worthless knowledge. And so what I want with these baseball players, they learn how to field ground balls and hit the cutoff man so that when April 1st hits, they're playing for real, they can do what they need to do. And so I pray today that either you're hearing this for the first time and you're making a decision to step across the line or you're going back to spring training, you're getting the fundamentals down and you're going to be ready to hit the playing field, ready to change somebody's life because we're living in a world that needs change, that needs transformation because we all have a purpose in life. We all have a purpose in life. And the purpose we all have, the purpose we were created for, what you were created for was to love God and to be able to experience everlasting life with him. That's why you're here. That's why you're here. You're not here to, to because God couldn't make it without you. I know some of you think that. Some people in the world think that, that yeah, the world's going to come to a grinding halt if suddenly I'm not here. No, it's not. It's going to keep on spinning with or without you. Until God says something different's going to happen. But we were created not because he needed us, but, but he wanted us to love him and to be in that relationship with him and then to get to spend eternity with him. That's our purpose. You open up your Bibles in the very beginning in Genesis 1, and it doesn't take you very long. You get down to the 27th verse, and the Bible tells us that God decided to create us in his own image. Now think about that. That, that should kind of cause something to like stir and say, in, in the image of God? Now, now don't, don't misunderstand that. It has nothing to do with the way you look. You get that, right? Because he said he created all of us in his image. So just take like half a second right now. Look all around the room. Everybody look around. Unless you're an absolute identical twin, you shouldn't see anybody that looks like you. It's not, it doesn't have anything to do with the way we look. It's all about here. It's all about what's in here. 
The, the image of God, the loving heart of a God that wants to draw all people to him. It's not about how we look. I mean, if that were the case, we'd all be the same gender. We'd all be the same ethnicity. We'd all be the same race because it'd have to be one. I'm not going to pick and choose which one. But if, we were, if it was all about looks, it would all, we'd all be the same, but we're not. So it has to be something deeper created in the image of a God with the purpose of loving him and spending eternity with him and to know that God loves us very much. That may be the biggest message you need to hear today, that God loves you. It may very well be be the biggest message that you need to share today with someone, that God loves us. Because we've got too many people in the world today that that are kind of living their life and saying, okay, if there is a God, I don't like him because he's just mad at us. And their image of God is this cosmic killjoy in the heavens with a quiver full of lightning bolts that's just waiting for you to screw up so he can zap you, and that's God. And that has nothing to do with who God is. God loves you. God loves you. He loves all of us. He's drawing all men to us, all men to himself. And we were created for a purpose of worshiping him and glorifying him with every thing in our life. So let me ask you, how would you, you, how would you describe your relationship with God right now? Not somebody else's relationship. That's really easy to do. It's really easy to point fingers and do somebody else's inventory and look at somebody else. But how would you describe your relationship with God right now? Because we've all got a purpose We've all got a purpose in life. God created us to love us so that we could love him and be united with him. But unfortunately, we've all got a problem. We've all got this problem. Kind of like this guy on the the edge of a cliff. We've all got this problem. We find ourselves totally separated from God. We're standing on the huge, the edge of this huge cliff and we can't figure out how to get to the other side. Because we've been separated from God. Because here's what the Bible tells us. The Bible clearly tells us that all, everybody say all with me. All. Say it with me. All. All right. All. Who's all? Raise your hand if you're part of all. All right. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means we all got a problem. We're all separated. We're all stuck with no way to get to it. Now we try really hard. We back up and we run really hard. We try to work harder. We try to give more. We try to do this. We try to do this. We try to say, I'm the best family man. We all got all of our answers. But all of our attempts to get across come up short. We, we end up injuring ourselves even more because no matter how hard we try to get to the other side on our own, our, all of our attempts fail. And the worst part of our problem is the end is really not good. Because not only does the Bible tell us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, three chapters later it says, and the wages of that sin is death. That's That's a problem. Would you agree? That's a problem for people living in this world. That we all sin and the result of our sin is death. That's a problem. We're separated from God. But But the good news is God has a remedy. God has a remedy. He gave us an answer. He provided a way. Now, I want, I want you to look at this next picture. Anybody ever been on one of those? 
I mean, if you've never been on one of those, I want to go with you because I want to be right behind you because we're going to have some fun, all right? But if you've never been on one of those, if you have been, you know, they're, they're kind of the first time you get on one of those, depending on how high it is, it's a little different, right? You know, it's not like walking across that new fancy bridge down across the Ohio River, because this one moves. This one sways a little bit. And if you're on it with somebody else, they affect how much it moves. So you're not in complete control. In fact, you're in very little control. And the only way you're going to get to the, from one side to the other, or the best way to get from one side to the other, is walk really slow in the middle with a steady pace and just keep on pace and get to the other side. But it'll get you to the other side. It'll get you there. And God provided a way for us to get from our state of separation to a, sta- a stage of being reunited with, a, with him. And he did that through his son, Jesus Christ. Uh, John 3.16 tells us that God gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him doesn't have to perish, doesn't have to jump off the cliff alone. They can get to the other side. And it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done or who you've done it with. You can get to the other side. God provided a way. He provided a plan. And Jesus came to earth to make things right. If you look in your Bibles in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 18 and 19, 17, 18 and 19, it says that anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Amen? That's good news. And so the old stuff is gone. Really, amen, right? But all things are made new. And he said, because God, through Jesus Christ, is reconciling the world to himself. That's making things right. But here's the really cool part, and it's a scary part at the same time. Because not only did he say he was reconciling us to himself, but then he said, once you've been reconciled to me, now you are the ministers of reconciliation. You go. You go and help make things right in other people's lives by pointing them to me. Follow me as I follow Christ. That he gave us Jesus. And then, and then once we accept Jesus, he calls us to go and make a difference. To let people know that Jesus paid the penalty for our sins. Because while the Bible does say that the wages of our sin is death, it also says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's good news, right? That's good news? Hello? That's good news, right? Okay, yeah. I hope so. I think so. I'm, I'm, I'm counting on it. All right, I just want to make sure everybody's still with us here. All right. But one of the most, one of the, one of the verses in the Bible that right now people are struggling with is when Jesus in John chapter 14 said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then he said this, no man comes to the Father except through me. See, here's what the world's trying to sell you right now. The world would love to sell you that there's a whole bunch of bridges like that one. That there's all kinds of bridges coming from all kinds of different directions with all kinds of different guides across those bridges. But if those bridges don't transact through Jesus Christ, those are failed bridges. That's what Jesus said. I didn't make it up. And so in that moment, Jesus either becomes who he said, or either he is who he said he is, or he's a madman. I choose to believe he is who he says he is. And that the only way to get from one side to the other is through him. And so you've got to ask yourself, do I believe that? Do I believe that? 
that, that, that my purpose in life is, is to love God and I want to have eternal life with him. I, I want to know that when this life is over that I'm going to an eternity that's much better than this one. I want to know that. I believe that. But I got a problem and I'm separated. And, and, but there is a remedy and it's Jesus. So how do I connect to Jesus? Well, the Bible's pretty clear about that. The Bible's pretty clear and gives us this plan, this, this guideline. It's a set of guidelines. It's like, I, I tell people, my dad used to, when, when we were kids, my dad used to give us a list of chores and, and he'd write them down for us and he really didn't care, you know, what else we did once we finished the chores, just finish the chores. And so if I was out in the backyard playing ball on Saturday afternoon when he came home, he was gonna stay outside. My dad was so cool. He never embarrassed me, never ever embarrassed me and God will never embarrass you. But my dad would stand on the back porch. <laughs> And he wouldn't go in the house. He wasn't going in the house till we made eye contact. He was never going to yell out, hey, do you do everything I ask you to do? No, he wasn't going to do that. He was just going to wait till we made eye contact. All I had to do was look at my dad and go, nod. And we were good. We were good. But he knew, and I knew, that if I wasn't willing to make eye contact, there was a reason. I hadn't done everything he asked me to do. Guys, listen to me. Here's the deal. Someday you're going to stand before a holy father and make eye contact. And all he needs is a nod. Yeah, I've done everything you asked me to do. Here's what he asks you to do. It starts by really trusting him. By really trusting him. The Bible does, uses the word believe, and I think that's where it starts. But unfortunately, we've kind of toned down believed. Where, yeah, I believe in, yeah, I believe in God, but that's, okay, I believe in God, so everything's good. You know, all good dogs go to heaven. That kind of mentality that really is not what the Bible was talking about at all. See, it's, it's not just a belief that says, yeah, I believe that God is there. It's a belief that drives you to a trust that I'm willing to do what he asked me to do. See, what the Bible also tells us is that even the demons believe. That's what James said. He said, even the demons believe and they shudder in fear because of their belief. So it's not just saying, I believe that there is a God. He said, I believe enough that I'm willing to trust him. I'm willing to free fall into his arms. I'm willing to put everything on the line. I'm willing to be transformed. So the question is, do you trust him? Do you trust him that much? And if you trust him that much, are you willing to confess his name, proclaim his name to anybody who's willing to listen? Are you willing to make sure that the whole entire world knows that this is where you're putting your life, that this is where you're building your life, that this is how your life has been transformed? Are you willing to confess that much? You know, we, I, I love the fact, I love the fact that, that our baptistry stays full all the time and that 99.9% of the time, to the best of our ability, it's heated every once in a while. That element plays messes with us, but for the most part, it's full, it's heated. We can baptize you anytime and we're more than willing to baptize you anytime, any day of the week. You call me at midnight, I'll get up, I'll come meet you. We'll do a baptism anytime and, and enter you into that new life of Jesus Christ unless. You call one of our staff up and say, hey, I want to be baptized, but don't I want anybody to know? We ain't coming. Because you're not ready. Because you want to give your life to Jesus, but you don't want anybody to know you're not ready. You're not ready. Because it's a tough journey. In fact, what you really need to do is say, hey, I want to do this next Sunday because I want to invite every single person I know to be here and see that. 
and to witness that. Because some of them may need to make the same decision that I'm making. And if not, and the ones that have already made it, they need to support me in my decision. I want the whole world to know. I'm willing to confess that I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And I'm accepting him as my Lord and my Savior. And I'll confess that anytime, any place that I'm asked to. Just like Cassie Bernal, when she's hiding under a table in the lunchroom in Littleton, Colorado. And they look underneath the table with a gun pointed at her and said, do you believe in God? And she said, without a doubt, yes, I do. And it was the last thing she ever said. Do you trust God and, and believe in him that much? It's all on the line. And, and if you trust him and if you're willing to confess him, here's, man, okay, we're, it's getting real. Are you willing to repent? Are you willing to change the way that you're living? See, what we can't have, because the Bible's very clear. The Bible's very clear in the book of Galatians in chapter 6. It says, God will not be mocked. And we start mocking God when we say, yeah, I believe, I trust you, I'll confess your name, I'll proclaim your name, I'll get a bumper sticker on my car, I'll get a bracelet, I'll get a tattoo, I'll have, but I'm going to do what I want to do. Uh-uh. It's mocking God. See, what God says, when, when, the day of Pentecost, when they came to Peter, and they said, oh, we realize what we've done. We've killed the Messiah. We hung him on a cross and we shouted, crucify him. What do we do now to be saved? And here's what Peter told him. He said, you need to repent. Every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins, you need to repent and be baptized. You see, it starts with repentance. You've got to be willing to do the very best you can to say, my life is going this way. And I recognize that my life is a train wreck. My life ain't going nowhere. I'm trying so hard. It's a mess. And I've got to turn around and I've got to go a completely different direction. And I'm choosing to go toward God. And there may be bumps along the way. There may be exit ramps along the way. There may be things that get us derailed a little bit, but I'm going toward God the very best of my ability. I'm going to repent. I'm not going to keep doing the same thing I was doing and ask God to keep blessing the things I was doing. Because when you realize there's things that need to change, there's mistakes, something's got to change. Because you keep doing what you've been doing, you're going to keep getting what you've been getting. And you've got to be willing to repent. God's not playing games. Now, he doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. He doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. But we've got to try. We've got to try. We can't say, okay, God, yeah, I believe in you. I trust you. I'll confess you. I'll even get in a pool of water and I'll let somebody baptize me. But I got this thing over here in my life that I know your word says that I don't need to be doing this, that I shouldn't be doing this, but I, but I kind of like it, so I'm going to keep doing it. Be real with yourself right now. Are you playing that game? Because there's a lot of people, I think, that, that face-to-face with God are going to stand there someday. <laughs> yeah, I was in my seat every Sunday and I wasn't only there at 10 o'clock I got there early I was there by 9:58 every Sunday look at me repentance means change it means letting go of the things that maybe we do like for something we like even more a savior that bridged a gap And so then, once we do those things, then there's a beautiful spiritual delivery room where we go and we see life. 
We see life come forth, a life that, that God has been conceiving through his Holy Spirit in a person's life as they're being changed and they're being transformed and they're starting to think through that. And then all of a sudden they say, yeah, this is the day and it is that spiritual delivery and they come up out of that water and they're changed and this place goes crazy. And the reason that this place goes crazy is there's another place up there that's really going crazy. Because the Bible tells us that every time one lost sinner comes home, the heaven is rejoicing and there's a celebration in heaven because that which was lost was found. And, and see that the, the baptistry is so special. The baptistry is so special because it is. It's that time we surrender and we let go and we kind of free fall in somebody else's arms and we let them put, them, put us under the water and then we let them bring us back up. And, and, and it's such a special time. And we, we asked, well, well, who can be baptized? Anyone who's old enough to know and believe? Okay. See, our, our kids, our children, they don't need to be baptized as infants because they're not sinful as infants. See, when you cross the line into that realm of being a sinner, it's when you know, I'm not supposed to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Now you're a sinner. Now you need forgiveness. You see, you're not guilty of your parents' sins or your grandparents' sins. You're not guilty of any of that. You're only guilty of your own sins. But here's the other side of that. You don't get forgiveness of your sins because your grandparents or your parents got forgiveness of their sins. It's a very personal decision. You've got to be willing to step across that line and own your own stuff and know here's where I am and I need to get across that bridge some way and to realize and believe that Jesus is the only way across that bridge. And so we've got this wonderful imagery that the Bible gives us. See, the Bible, the word in the Bible is baptizo. And that Greek word means to dip or to plunge under, to shove under. And, and that's what it is. But here's the beauty of baptism. I want you to see this. Don't miss this because it's so cool. It's so beautiful. And, and, and the ones of you that are here that I've had the joy and privilege of being in there with you and baptize you. There's not a single one of you in here that I kept under the water. Some of you I kept a little longer, but that's okay. We knew things, right? But, but here's the deal. Here's the beauty of it. Here's the beauty of it. Don't miss this. The reason that I or Jason or whoever your friend or whoever it is at baptism, the reason we bring you back up out of the water is not because it's illegal not to. It's because it's, it's just as symbolic as going under the water. Because when we go under the water, we're saying, here's my old self and it's being buried. But guess what? When we come back up out of the water, we're saying, here's my new self, and it's resurrected just like Jesus. And things don't have to be the same anymore. Things don't have to be the same. I'm different. The world can be different because God's done something inside of me. So what are you going to do? How are you going to go into 2021? Do you want things to be different than they were in 2020? Not just in a pandemic, not just then, but just everything in life. Do you want it to be different than the way that it has been? Do you want to live a, a different kind of life? Do you want to live a life that actually has joy and actually has happiness? What kind of life do you want to live? Do you want it to be the same? Do you want to live the same old life next year or do you want a new life? Do you want your life to continue down hopeless paths 
Or do you want to be hopeful? Do you want to stay broken? Or do you want to be healed? The beauty of all this is God's provided the way and the answer. And he said, here it is. And he's just standing on the back porch waiting for a nod. Yeah, we're good, Dad. I've done everything you asked me to do. We're good. I'm, I'm walking in your footsteps to the very best of my ability. We're good. Man, I've been praying so hard for about a month now for today. Since we st- decided that let's just do pathways at church with everybody. Let's invite everybody. And so today, or next week, excuse me, Jason's going to preach about what it means to be a part of the local church. Everybody, anybody who attends, who hasn't already said, I want to jump in. I want to be a change maker. I want to be a world changer. You're going to have the opportunity to do that next week. We, we anticipate dozens of new members to the local body of believers. But the first step, the first step is making sure that your life is right with Jesus. We want you to be a member of the local church, but hear me when I say this, being a member of the local church isn't going to get you into heaven. Being right with Jesus is what gets you into heaven. Making sure, not that you're playing by rules that you've made up or you, that you followed his rules and that you can stand on the front back porch and look him face to face and say, yeah, dad, we're good. We're good. So here's what I want to do. I want to invite you to stand up with me right now. And, and Jason's going to be down here. We got other guys around the, the part of our team, part of our staff. We got elders in here. We got people that, if you're ready, if you're ready, maybe, don't, maybe you don't know everything about it. Maybe you're like, you still, but I, you say, I'm ready to take that, that giant step of faith and trust. I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. Then we want to do that today. They can play songs for a long time while we get people ready to be baptized. All right? We want you to do that today. And if you're ready to take that step of faith, when Ethan starts singing that very first word, I want you to run to Jason. And we'd love to talk to you about that. But here's the deal. Some of you have already made it. A lot of you have already made that decision. So here's what I want to ask you guys. While we sing this song... While we sing this song together, would you pray, would you pray for a mighty move of God among us here today and among our community? Because our community needs a mighty move of God right now. People are losing their life and they're going into a godless eternity. And we need God. We need God to move in a powerful way. So if you already know him, would you please, would you please act like you know him and start begging and start praying. Maybe you need to hit your knees in front of your chair and start praying for a mighty move of God so that 2021 will be a different year. It will be the first step. It will be the next step into eternity. Would you do that right now? Either make that move forward, make the move in prayer, but let's do something. Don't just stay the same. Let's be transformed. Let's do it. Let's go.
All right, so, so here's the deal. That, that open invitation is exactly that. It's still open. We're done. I'll be down here. Jason will be around. We'd love to talk to you about that. We'll schedule something for next week. We'll baptize you the first and next service. We'll baptize you tonight at midnight. We just want you to take that step, that journey. And if you're watching online, man, we've had, it's been so cool. We've had people here in the last month that have been watching, worshiping with us online throughout this, this crazy season we've been in. And they've, they've called us up on the phone and said, Hey, can I schedule time just to come out there and be baptized? Absolutely. So if you're watching online and you need to make that move, we'd love to set that up with you. Don't forget that they're signing up for Fresh Ground and Faith uh, in the back, and you can sign up for that. Uh, don't forget to drop off your ballots or your votes of affirmation, not ballot, your votes of affirmation. If you didn't get one before the service, they're on all the tables. Uh, and it's just a vote saying, yeah, I support the leaders of the church. I support the budget of the church. Uh, it, we just flatline the budget. We don't know exactly what, the, so it's flatline, but <laughs> Praise God when you, $140 some thousand dollars in the Together initiative makes that budget a whole lot more doable because it's front loaded now. And so that's awesome. That's awesome. If you're new here, this is your first time, uh, stop by the I'm New wall. And if you're ready to get involved in discipleship and in ministry, sign up for Pathways. It's going to be Tuesday night, January 19th. The online form will be available tomorrow on the website and on Facebook. And you can sign up and come and then be back next Sunday and invite a friend. And if you haven't become a member of the church, next Sunday is going to be the perfect Sunday to do that. So let's hit the ground running. We want to be world changers starting right here in Shelbyville, Kentucky, and God's calling an army together to do that. So let's go change the world. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.